Have you subscribed to the OTB Football Podcast? When he was last left out of the team, he sat on the bench with a face like a robber's dog. He doesn't look like he's a great team player. Subscribe now to the OTB Football Podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB Sports app. Rugby on Off The Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. Team of us. Everyone in. And you're welcome back to Off the Ball Saturday here on News Talk. John Duggan with you through on this extended show until seven o'clock because we're reflecting on what happened in Ireland's Six Nations match with England because we are into what the last 30 seconds now at Twickenham. Ireland 32 points, England 15 points. They were actually level 61 minutes into the game when Marcus Smith got his fifth penalty to make it 15 points apiece. But Charlie Ewell's been sent off after 80 seconds, eventually took its toll on the home side at Twickenham with Ireland scoring two tries in the last 10 minutes. Jack Conan with the first and then Finley Bealham, the sub, both subs actually touching over. And Ireland have now got four points, uh, from the game and the bonus point as well because they got their fourth try of the game so a bonus point win and Brent Pope's in studio with me and uh, Paddy Wallace is on the line so Brent Pope as the ball is about to go dead when you look at the game before it uh, you would have looked at Ireland 32 England 15 a bonus point win you'd be saying to yourself wow this is a brilliant day wasn't as straightforward as that no, uh, when you look at the results and they say the history history books won't lie and they'll look back and they say a win away in Twickenham, wow, 32-15, they smashed them, but they didn't. Uh, Andy Farrell will be pleased with certain aspects of play, both team-wise and uh, individually. I thought the back three, uh, Hugo Keenan and James Lowe and Andrew Conway, uh, particularly impressive. Um, I thought then uh, a number of forwards, Josh van der Fleer, uh, Ty Furlong in, in, in parts, um, Caelan Doris so he'll be happy with the result uh, whether he'll be entirely pleased with the performance I would say not um, it's, look anytime you beat England over there it's it's a great sense of victory and it's a great sense of achievement but I think that as a coach you want to play a certain way for the full 80 minutes and come out with a win and say look you know it's it's it's, it's we dominated from word go to the end of the match and uh, and they didn't. They 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 were ill-disciplined at times, and they made too many mistakes for the game to be particularly fluid. You know, we were sitting here watching. The game was still in doubt after what nearly 70 minutes when it shouldn't have been. Now, okay, you can look at the scoreboard, and the scoreboard probably flattered Ireland a bit in the last 10 minutes because they got, you know, 14 points in the last in the last 10 minutes. But as Paddy and I said at halftime, that would have been expected to win by 15 points. So look, job well done move on and hope that England can bounce back and beat France. I think Eddie Jones will be in a bit of hot water um, just because of the way that, you know, not the bravery England show, but really they didn't look like scoring a try apart from the penalties. Ireland really gifted them a lot of those penalties on the penalty count. So uh, he'll have some explaining to do. Um, And then Ireland just have to hope that England can maybe take down France at home and they can still uh, win the championship. So they're still in, provided they beat Scotland. Yes, next week, um, next Saturday, which they the should. stadium. Yeah, they should. And, and the whistle is gone. It's England uh, have been beaten by Ireland, thirty-two points to fifteen at Twickenham. So a bonus point victory for Ireland. Uh, tries by Jack Conan, Finley Beelham in the last ten minutes there after James Lowe and Hugo Keenan a touchdown in the first half. You'd have to go back a long time for such a significant margin for an Irish win at Twickenham, which is the interesting thing, despite the patchy nature of the performance. Paddy Wallace, strange day, really. Yeah, it was. It was, and. It was a nervous day, and it was bookmarked, I think, 10 minutes, first 10 minutes, and the last 10 minutes that Ireland were showing their potential. For the other 60 minutes, England pretty much dominated that game with 
uh, with 14 men, and that would be the biggest concern uh, for Andy Farrell. And and we looked at that at half time. What were the problems, and what could what could they remedy? The scrum in the first half and the penalty count uh, were uh, were were dominated by England, uh, and that continued into into you know the the next half an hour of that second half so they, they weren't able to right those wrongs and uh, that would be as I say very concerning from an Andy Farrell and Irish point of view and they should have they should have taken over that game uh, they weren't able to so although the scoreline you know looks looks uh, much in the favour of Ireland uh, there'll be more questions than answers I would say uh, from the press and and I think positively wise, yes, the, the the bench did make an impact in in that second half, and after about sixty five minutes, when front row changes were made, and uh, there was there was a there was an improvement, and yeah, you can take heart from that last sweet ten minutes period, but uh, yeah, a lot more questions than answers, I think. Brent, the scrum, is that a personnel issue? Is that just uh, on the day? Is there bigger issues there? Well, we knew Andrew Porter and Roland Callagher were injured for this game, but uh, are there concerns now after the base well, of what you've seen? You've got to go to the front row club for that because I, yeah. I, I, I simply don't know. Is it is it the referee? Is it uh, not getting that part of it right? Is it um, technique? Is it an inability to just be outmastered by a better pro- Prop remains one of those positions of the, the of the fine dark arts that when you're beaten man on man, you're beaten. You know, like everybody in the everybody the World can Cup see final. It. Well, everybody can see it. You know, when 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 it starts to unravel on the front row, everybody can see it. It's not like you get a chance because every scrum comes up, you, you're nervous about going into another scrum time. So, I haven't seen Keen Healy bettered. In, since I've seen his career, I mean, he's always been a very good scrummager. So you've got to look at, you know, is it is it the whole scrum? Is it the referee misinterpreting things from an Irish point of view? They'll talk about that as well. And they'll go back and they'll start to talk about, because if it's a personnel thing, then they really need to start looking at what the alternatives are, you know, and that will happen on the... I suspect on the uh, June tour to New Zealand and in the next year's lead-up games because you certainly couldn't afford to go to World Cup and have what seven or eight scrum penalties and and hope to win a game against fifteen men. You know, you you couldn't. I'm a herder in the ditch here, so I'll, I'll admit that at the start. The Joe Schmidt era, Brent, was all about planning and precision and accuracy and getting things right and. Um, just maximising our ability and then it got stale and then we saw from the New Zealand win in 2018 to the World Cup it just fell off a cliff and teams found a way to play against it but at times in the France game and and today despite the attacking play despite the three tries against France despite the bonus point today we have uh, been sloppy at times is that something that's just still a work in progress ahead of the World Cup in 18 months or uh, because of the way we're trying to play more expansive rugby and that's got to be embraced how do we fix that? Because it seems to be an issue. It's a really good point. And the point is this, is that, you know, players get used to playing a certain way. And and, and we know that. Joe, Joe, Joe fostered his success by, uh, I suppose, predictability. You know, you did everything right. He was, a, he was a, a stickler for detail. You know, you didn't go into rucks unless your body position was right and you more or less counted. 
it then became stale because players felt that they couldn't have expression, that they couldn't play what's in front of them first because they were they, they played patent. Uh, then we went to the other extreme, I suppose, in those victories against New Zealand, Argentina and Japan where everything just clicked and players were allowed to play with gay abandon and they were playing everything in front of them because obviously the other sides, you know, Argentina and even New Zealand didn't give them the defensive opposition so they could play that way. So all the passes stuck, the 50-50 balls that would usually go out the back or go to ground suddenly start to, to stuck and you look like you were you're moving sweetly. But... Then comes a situation like this and against France where you need to marry those two game plans together. So you need to marry the expansive game plan, which we saw in the first five minutes of this game, with the discipline and the pattern play and the style of play that Joe Schmidt. So Andy Farrell's job is to marry a style of rugby to Ireland that I suggest is a mixture of both to be successful uh, at the at the up, utmost level and we're talking about the World Cup here because I know Ireland have won Grand Slams and Six Nations Championships what they want is a semi-final or final or World Cup win that will define them as a great Irish side so when you're thinking about that you're trying to marry two styles together and the styles are you know when you need to be to go back to structured build the phase play and then when you can to play an expensive game because in a game anything can change like we saw today 14 men teams can go down to you need to change for that suddenly if you get a shower rain the ball becomes slippy you have to adjust for that so you have to adjust on the hoop all the time so you can't have a set you can't have a set style of play is dictated by the opposition to a certain degree as well but you're quite right about about that'll be the learnings as Paddy said from this match and sometimes Again, it's an old cliche. I know we're rolling out cliches all day, but sometimes you do learn more from, from, from games like this than you would a one-sided game against Italy because you know what you've got to go back and fix. They've got the way with the victory. It's a good point score. They'll take it. They'll say, let's move on. Let's put all those ingredients together for Scotland. Finish the tournament. They can't, they can't control what's going to happen in, in Paris. They can only control what they do against Scotland. Then build for the tour to New Zealand in the June and then look to the next year as being another starting point, focal point and a build to the World Cup. Paddy, you played in the Grand Slam game in Cardiff back in 2009. You know what the last day is like. Uh, we still have a triple crown to play for. Uh, if France mess up against England, we could have the championship as well. So I think second place is probably a fair reflection of where Ireland are right now in the, in the competition. Yeah, well... Hope springs eternal still, but uh, and I think England, uh, as much as the the scoreboard doesn't look like it, whenever you whenever you step back and look at the game uh, from that point of view, they'll take a lot of heart from that performance. That certainly for sixty minutes playing with fourteen men against a very good, you know, one of the best sides in the world, they were much the better side. So. 15 players on the pitch England walk away probably winning that game uh, so from that point of view you can hope from an Irish perspective that they will go over to Paris with a built up confidence uh, that their game is improving and they can go and challenge France in Paris uh, and, and I think you know you, you can hope for that I mean uh, there has been a great improvement in, our, in the Irish performance certainly over the last you know six to eight months Uh and whenever we talk about the style of play and the transition from Joe Schmidt, uh, it is coming. And it doesn't matter if you play a rigid style of game that maybe Joe ended his career in Ireland with, uh, or if you play an expansive 
game using every blade of grass on the pitch. If you cannot win your scrums and if you're down so drastically on the penalty count, you're you're never going to be in games. And uh, I I think that is the fundamental reason uh, and the fundamental challenge for Ireland is to get that depth in the scrum now uh, that that games like that don't happen because the last the, the match that sprung to mind was if you remember Tom Court a teammate of mine at Ulster whenever he was brought on very early on in a in a, in a game at Twickenham and England must have won the penalty count at scrum time at a similar margin and, and Ireland were never in the game they're in the game today because they had the ability to score tries against 14 men and uh, that was the difference in the match. So I think they, that that will be the biggest work on, I suppose, for Ireland coming away from Twickenham tonight. Our rugby coverage and off the ball, thanks to Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team. Team of us, everyone in. Just checking the stats here. It is Ireland's biggest victory away to England in a test match, the 32-15 win at Twickenham today. Their third joint uh, biggest win against England overall. So, Kind of bizarre in a way because we didn't play <laughs> to a 32-15. But that's the, that is the thing about an extra man. It's just absolutely so crucial in a rugby international. Effectively, it was for the whole game. Um, good performances. Uh, we know the scrum is obviously something we have to work on and the depth of that, Paddy. But uh, who impressed you out there from an Irish perspective? Uh, I, I like... I, I thought Caelan Doris, again, was outstanding. Uh, Shane is his contributions to the first two tries uh, were a big difference. I liked Herring off the bench as well. He added something uh, and, and I think the bench was a positive impact for, for the Irish team. Uh, Jameson, Jameson Gibson Park again, whenever the tempo is up, the tap and goes, he keeps defences guessing and he adds that X factor to, to the Irish performance, but he needs to be playing on the front foot. And uh, as Popey said at the start the, uh, of this the, of this analysis, I thought the back three were, were fairly solid again. Hugo Keenan, who quietly just goes about his business, but is, is a world-class fullback, and we're lucky to have him. Changes for next week then, Brent? Any changes? No, and I think uh, I think going a bit more on on Hugo Keane, I think Paddy is right. He he's really announced himself as as one of the world's inform fullbacks, and you can look at other players, uh, you know, more flashy players on the outside in that may play for France, or you look at the size and physique of of of, of Fetty Stewart, or you look at somebody in the All Black camp, or you know, Falao, one of these types of players, but. Keenan is so good at the basics. Look, this there, just seeing that some of the, the shots of him on, on, on screen. He, he took every ball in the air. He made probably more metres on the counter-attack than any of the other player. He's brave defensively. He's a good he's a good link man. So I, I thought he had an outstanding game, and I think probably Gibson Park probably got the man of the match, but I, I, I would have given it to Hugo Keenan. But again, I think Paddy's right. I mean, Doris and Van der Fleer up front, um, you know, were, 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 were exceptional uh, in their running game. Uh, we didn't see too much of the kind of the, the axis that was Johnny Six and Bundy Arkey. Really, they didn't get 
much front football. Uh, and then the back three, I thought, were also outstanding. I think uh, Conway got a bit of luck in his two kicks in the in the twenty in the fifty twenty twos that went to Ireland. But you know, you make your own luck, and he was very good in the air again and competing. And say those two kicks really changed the tide of the game somewhat. So there were some outstanding individual performances. They just didn't gel together as a side. And I think Paddy is spot on saying that you know if you were to go to a World Cup game with any opposition from the top table, uh, we're talking teams like you know. South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, you couldn't you couldn't cough up a penalty count like that and hope to win the match. You know, you couldn't go to every scrum thinking, oh my God, we can't go to another scrum. We got we got to play for no scrums because every time we're having a scrum, we're giving away a penalty. So that's a real work on for Andy Farrell and his coaching ticket and Paul O'Connell especially uh, looking out for is is you know. I know they've Andrew Porter coming back from injury, but injuries can happen, as we know, in the game. So really it's about, you know, what are the problem areas and that, getting the interpretation from the referee after the game, where Ireland were going wrong, take it on board, go back and say, look, this is what the referees are pinging us for. Because suddenly you can be in a situation where you build up a bit of a reputation of giving away penalties at scrum time and other referees can come looking for it and other teams play on that other team you can guarantee Scotland are going to go next week and say to the referee well look you know they're scrumming illegally look how many penalties they gave away against England so that all has to be addressed and so there might be some personnel changes for next week in the starting 15 Paddy will we beat Scotland next week? I think we will yeah I think uh, we'll We'll get a better performance overall and hopefully sure up some of those issues that we've raised today from the performance. But, you know, Irish eyes, I suppose, are smiling still. In yeah, London. we can't complain. We're, oh, we're, no, we're, 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 we probably sound like we're complaining here, but I suppose maybe that's yeah. a good thing that we, we, we've we got the standards, the standard Paddy. That we yeah. expect on it. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, we're, and, and we've you know, rightfully built ourselves up to that to that. Expe- yeah. expectation of standards within within Ireland now so that's a great thing and you know we'll learn from it we'll get better yeah and I think that's a point worth making because you'll get people on saying oh very negative and stuff and I've been so positive about Irish rugby for the last 25 or 30 years but I set my stall out as an Irish fan and an Irish supporter and pl- watching all these players careers unfold whatever all over the years all the greats I set out my stall saying that I wanted Ireland to win a Grand Slam this year and I thought it was in their hands. I thought they could go to Paris. And they, nearly, they very nearly did. They very nearly got that game. That would have been the thing. I, I always thought they'd beat England, 15-man or not. I always thought that would be the situation. So I thought this was Ireland's year for a Grand Slam. And so anything less than that for yes. me is really just – it's not about failure. It's not about – they don't see it as a failure. But to me, it's just about, oh, you know, you had a great – you had a great team to come off an autumn series after beating the All Blacks and after thrashing Argentina, Japan. You know, you started off with a fantastic performance against Wales. Great. Everything's going brilliantly until that first 15 minutes against France. Sure, sure. And even then they cl- they, they, yeah, they, they yeah. cl- pulled that game back till we were shouting like they can win this game. And, and that just came down to a decision, in my opinion, they made the wrong decision. I'll, I'll stick by that, going to yeah. the corner when they should have uh, sort of gone to the corner, sorry, and, and, and tried to get the win over there because that would have defined their season. I always thought they'd beat England away. I, the same wise, I'd be, I'd be nearly 100% okay. confident they'd beat Scotland. And that's yeah. not taking anything with Scotland. I just think that they'll get a bit of a backlash from this Irish side. Thanks so much, Brent. Uh, Paddy, thank you. Thanks, Paddy. <laughs> Cheers. Good to see you, probably. Yeah. Take it easy. Yeah, Brent, brilliant stuff. We'll have you in next week for the Scotland game. Look forward to that. <laughs> I'm a good omen now, aren't I? Yeah, absolutely. Brent Pope there. Uh, we got a win today. Rugby on Off the Ball. With Vodafone, official sponsors of the Irish rugby team.
Team of Us. Everyone in.